This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. to the Voice of Leadership. And today we have a very exciting show. We're talking about executive presence and executive image and how to show up at your best. And today I have a very special guest with me and I'd like to tell you about my guest and her name is Marcella Shera. So when it comes to developing impactful leaders and especially women, Marcella Shera is an expert in her industry with over 30 years experience. As a certified image consultant, Marcella works with businesses, CEOs, high-level entrepreneurs, celebrities, and speakers on the ABCDs of their image. And that's appearance, behavior, communication, and digital presence. Marcella's business building expertise is not just theoretical. She has also built a team of over 7,000 women and developed 18 high-level leaders into a multi-seven-figure business. Marcella uses this expertise to hone her clients' leadership, interpersonal, and presence skills. She has an innate ability to see what her clients are missing that affects their bottom line. She then uses her laser-focused vision to polish their image and up-level their leadership. As a result, her clients reach their full potential with high-level success. Marcella is a sought-after professional speaker, coach, corporate trainer, and number one Amazon best-selling author. She's been featured on CNN, NBC News, Channel 12, ESPN, Kiplinger's Report, and the Palm Beach Post. She loves to ski, travel, dance, practice yoga, and spend time with her husband, Mark, of 27 years. So I am very delighted, Marcella, to welcome you to The Voice of Leadership. Thanks so much for being with me today. It's my pleasure to be here and share my gifts with everyone. I am so glad to hear that. And yes, you do have many gifts, and I'm glad that you're here to share them with people today. So Marcella, let me ask you the first question, which is this. Some people may not have really heard of an image consultant. So let's start with the basics. What is an image consultant? How do they add value to people? Tell us about that. So as an image consultant, we work with those that are looking to step up their level of appearance, behavior, communication, and in these day and age, their digital impact. Because as you know, the speed of the leaders, the speed of the pack, and polishing those fine night things, which could cover even etiquette and the way, you know, we show up 
encompasses all the aspects of as an image consultant. So we mentioned ABCDs. That's exactly what an image consultant does. Okay. So you really help people to show up at their best, not only just from a physical standpoint, but also what they're talking about, how they're speaking and so on. Now, Marcella, sometimes people have some misperceptions about image consultants and what they do. What are some of those common misperceptions out there? Well, a lot of people think it's fluff. And, you know, when it comes to dressing or even some people categorize image consultants as a stylist, which would be someone that might outfit someone for a photo shoot or a magazine cover or something like that, the image consultant really goes much deeper. It's about aligning the person's inner essence, their values, just as you would choose values for yourself and your business that are your guiding principles. It's the same with your appearance and your behavior, your communication and that digital imprint. So you want everything to be aligned And we really take the entire person into perspective so that they can really stand in their power and show up as the best version of themselves. So no fluff here. (laughs) I really like what you said about aligning the inner person with the outer person. So that there's really a sense of congruence, if you will. And that's actually greater authenticity when a person is able to show up with the inside and the outside aligned and put together. Absolutely. I think it's really important, especially for leaders that, you know, we have to be trusted. We want to connect with people on a much deeper level and being consistent and being aligned and true to who you are. um, You know, you have to take all those components and put them together in that beautifully packaged uh, personal brand is really what it is. That's phenomenal. So let me ask you kind of a personal question about this. How did you get into this field? What does it take to be certified in image consulting? And how does this field of image consulting reflect your personal passion? Oh, those are all good questions and multi-layered. Let's start. Okay, so how did I get involved? Well, I'm so passionate about what I do. I truly believe that I was born to do what I do. I was uh, surrounded by some amazing women and men. My grandfather was a rear admiral in the Navy, and my father was also an officer. And both my grandmothers and my mother were iconic in style, etiquette, and behavior. So I learned, you know, from them at a very young age. And always had a passion for fashion. So when I got my marketing degree, I also got a minor in dance and also in fashion. So I went on to become a buyer. And my entrepreneurial story is that my boss showed up with a locksmith as I was working. And I said, that's it. I'll never work for anyone else anymore. And I'd already gotten certified as an image consultant. So That was how I shifted and started my own business. Gosh, it's almost been 30 years now. You talked about how you were born in essence almost to do this. And with your family members being in the military, in the Navy, and Rear Admiral, that's a very high rank. So therefore, people need to know how to show up. 
the executive presence piece, the image piece is not only important for the active duty member, but also for the spouse. So you were surrounded with this and your mother and your grandmother, they demonstrated what that looked like. And you found that you were really good at it. You had a passion, you know, for this fashion piece and the dance and the move and putting it all together. And I think that's really phenomenal when a person can actually do what they're passionate about. And so that's really what you're talking about. So that's great. Thank you for giving us a little bit of the backstory. Marcella, what are some of the common image and presence mistakes that leaders make today? And how are these missteps affecting their bottom line? I love that question because that is one of the most important messages that I can give for executive leaders or those that are working their way up or aspire to take their leadership to a whole new level. I'm a huge advocate of John Maxwell. Um, as I built my business, I you know, have studied him, you know, his work and have many, many of his books, but he talks about the law of the lid. And when we lift the lid, not just on ourselves, but we start to attract other leaders within our organization That, you know, so if we're at this level of in our own personal leadership, we start to attract people, you know, that are still underneath us. I mean, obviously, our goal is that we can groom someone that will surpass our leadership skills. But when we think about that, the ideal leader has to check all the different boxes and appearance, behavior, communication, the way that we articulate things, the way that we show up, what we're modeling for our team is really critical to grooming those and building organizations underneath us. It's all based on our own personal performance. So those all things go together. So then if you were to sort of put that in a package of what are the biggest mistakes people make in doing that or the missteps, what are those mistakes? What do you see frequently? What happens? And then how does that translate into a bottom line impact? So not uh, paying attention to what we just talked about um, would be one. And number two is not, you know, modeling for others in their own behavior and appearance. And then how it impacts the bottom line is actually their studies. So if you're getting on a stage, maybe it could be in front of your staff, maybe it could be in front of a new audience. Within the first seven seconds of meeting someone, people have formed 11 different opinions about you. Now you can choose to ignore, you know, that appearance and the way that you show up is not important or fluffy, if you will, but it is critical to your bottom line. And there's many studies that I could cite around the facts that how we appear will impact the way that people do business or choose not to do business with you. So it is very impactful on your bottom line. Okay, so I'm hearing two pieces of this. One is it's important to model using your own behavior for your team members so that you are in essence demonstrating what the executive presence and what the image looks like and inspiring them to those same kind of heights. And when you're not doing it and you're, let's say, with prospects or potential customers, they may not see you as a person they want to do business with. And so therefore you may lose some opportunities. 
Absolutely. Well, if you think about it, Karen, when if you've met somebody for the first time, if you're a high level executive, you're you're negotiating a big deal, whatever that might look like. And maybe they're meeting you for the first time in person or in these day and age or meeting on Zoom virtually. You know, it's all the little things that are nonverbal, such as, you know, if you've got a messy background or you show up in T-shirt, you know, or not appropriately dressed, or if you're in a physical environment as well and your outfit is wrinkled or your shoes are scuffed, those are all little indications that, hmm, maybe this person doesn't pay attention to the details. Maybe that's going to show up in their work or, you know, maybe if they're late, that's also going to be an impact that they don't value your time as much as you would like them to. So little subtleties are critical. That's really a good point what you're mentioning right now. In other words, we're always telegraphing something about ourselves and how we work and people are interpreting continually based on what they see us do. So let me just pivot this conversation a little bit and ask about those virtual meetings, because a lot of people today are meeting on Zoom or they're meeting on the phone, or maybe they even have their camera blacked out so you really can't see them. And so they're saying to themselves, oh, you know, I can just show up in my ratty T-shirt and my beat up outfit and have my hair a mess. What's the impact of that? Some people say it doesn't matter although I know you believe it does. Tell us about how that matters. Well, it really is to the same point is, okay, so maybe we are in a less formal environment. You're not necessarily going to wear a suit on Zoom. Again, I would totally ask you to think about who your audience is, what your message is, what the intention of that meeting is, and think about all those factors and what you want to convey in your presence. Showing up in a t-shirt and jeans or your pajamas can really speak volumes about, you know, are you respecting that person just because you don't really care about what you're wearing or you just want to be comfortable? That's what you value, but maybe it's important for the other person. I think there's a quote from John Travolta who says that I'm not dressing for myself. I'm dressing for you because you're the one who has to look at me the whole time. So, <laughs> Well, Marcel, how about this though? Suppose you really can't be seen. Let's say you're really on the phone and maybe you're ready to close a big deal or something like this, or you are on Zoom, but your camera is off. How does the way you look and the way you're dressed, how does it affect your own mindset and how you come across? This is significant. There's actually studies that show that when we take the time to groom, shower, dress, and do our normal routines and show up, there is literally a physiological and a psychological effect that happen by showing up as our best, you know, doing those habitual things of getting dressed. It's really good for the psyche. And it's also very important for our hormones, our heart rate, and just really our overall beings. 
and I've been coaching a lot of my clients around that these days, uh, just really about how to have that online presence and what that looks like. As a matter of fact, I had a CEO and one of her uh, emerging leaders that I was coaching both of them. And the emerging leader made the comment about the CEO showing up in her hoodie sweatshirt to these weekly meetings. And she was almost like, you know, saying, well, is that okay for me to do? And I had to have a conversation with the CEO and just say, hey, you know, really think about, you know, what the way that you're showing up and what's that saying to your staff. It might be comfortable and good for you, but it's really not good to model that way. So we really have to be thinking outside of just ourselves. Yeah, I like that point. In other words, it's not about you. It's also about the rest of the organization, the leaders who are looking at you, the leaders who are following the example, and you're grooming them for the future. And so you want to groom them in a way that's actually appropriate and that's actually effective for what they're going to run into down the line. So I know that, Marcella, you work with a lot of people and you just started talking about a couple right now, and you've done a lot of significant transformations. And so I'd like for you to just maybe share some examples with us, some stories about transformations that you've facilitated. What was the before scenario and what was the after picture? Oh gosh, there's so many wonderful stories that I could share with you. I'm going to pick one in particular. This is executive female in the financial industry. She came to me, I met her through an executive women's group I'm involved in and we started on the piece around communication because she was going into a very high level organization to do financial plannings for the CEO, but also there was an opportunity for her to do some work with the staff. So it was really critical. So we began uh, coaching around the communication piece, working on our speech and behavior but what really was the thing that, you know, people come to you for what they want, but they don't always know what they need. And for her, there was a big aspect around appearance. And so because her fashion values, which is part of the assessment that we do prior, was that she really doesn't care about clothes. She could just, you know, would she wears them because we have to, but she was really not paying attention to that. And so I had to work with her around her appearance because in her industry, again, male dominated, she needed that extra edge to, you know, stand out amongst the crowd, if you will, and also to make a really lasting and impactful impression when she went in. So we did that and she landed a huge, a $10 million contract with this organization because she really nailed it when it came down to her communication and the way that she was showing up. So super grateful for the work that we did together. It was really powerful. So for those people who think that image and presence and appearance, it's fluff. $10 million doesn't sound like a lot of fluff to me. That's really a huge bottom line impact. And you have many stories like this, as you said, where your clients have actually gotten results, business results, because of how they made these changes in how they were showing up in their appearance. Now, Marcella, a lot of my audience and a lot of my clients are actually men. So let's talk about them a little bit. What are some major image and presence issues for executive men? What have you seen in your practice 
And what tips do you have for the men out there who are also listening? Absolutely. So I have a couple wonderful men uh, that are executives and I've had a few politicians and some very high level speakers as well. So it's not uncharted territory by any means. And certainly my husband uh, relies on me to dress him as well. Uh, after all, he's an extension of my brand, right? Um, exactly. <laughs> so I find that men are mostly very open to it. So some tips and ideas for guys that may not necessarily apply for women. So one is that most guys don't wear makeup and unless I, you know, you are on camera and that is something you might want to consider. And I've got some things that make you look really pulled together and polished without even looking that part. But the point being is that Wearing the right colors that flatter your skin, your hair, and your eyes will make you look younger, healthier. It will um, allow you to show up in more confidence by knowing what your best wardrobe colors are. So whether you're wearing a standard suit, you know, having that pop of color with your tie or um, a dress shirt that really cop complements your skin tone will give you that little extra edge for sure. So that's just one tip that I could say. That's great. My husband actually is a very savvy and excellent dresser and he can dress himself very well. The one area where I sometimes have to help him is just with the color match. And I think sometimes men are maybe not quite as refined in their ability to see the colors as women are. So I'm glad you mentioned colors because oftentimes when I see a man and he looks really good and I'll say, oh, I love that shirt. I love that tie or whatever it is, his wife has picked it out for him. So that's really a good point. Sometimes they may not always think of what may look best on them on their own. So that's, a, that's really great. So Marcella, if a leader then has, let's say they've just gotten promoted and they've gotten promoted to the executive level what are some things they might need to think about and possibly work on to ensure success at this higher level? And maybe think about it this way. What might they have to add to what they're thinking about and what might they have to leave behind? Well, I think the most important thing is you step into the C-suite is to really um, evaluate who's on the team, who your um, superior, who do you report to? Do you have someone um, within your organization that you really aspire to be at their level or that you admire their leadership and to look at them as a whole as their entire personal brand, if you will, and think about those different areas, their appearance, you know, how do they show up, their behavior, you know, and how they might, their etiquette, their relationship skills, all those pieces, and then their communication, you know, how do they articulate themselves and the other pieces, the digital imprint, if you consider that, do you have your LinkedIn updated? Do you have a banner across, you know, do you have a, a professional headshot, all those pieces in place so that you really can convey a consistent message in what you're doing and be consistent at it. Because here's the thing, and I've been coaching some of my clients as well. As a matter of fact, one woman who, um, and a man, I had actually each of them, we were 
you know, grooming them on the virtual presence because they speak, they have a huge team. They've been doing what they've been doing in a large corporation for many years. But the challenge was that they were showing up on camera and having to look at themselves and like, oh my gosh, you know, this is not, you know, I'm used to leading a team and, and all of that. But really, the, those little things make such a big difference in the way that they, they show up. Well, I think what I'm hearing you say is we're back to modeling again in a sense, meaning there's a reason for the senior executives who are already in the C-suite to be modeling the proper behaviors because they're setting the tone for those who are being promoted and who are coming up to the executive levels. And so you want to signal what's important in the culture where you're working. And so what you're saying is those up-and-coming executives need to look at those signals and pay attention to what the successful executives, ones that they admire, what they're already doing. That's what I hear you really highlighting and really talking about there. So that's phenomenal. So now you've given a lot of ideas so far about what people can do and some tips and so on. What are maybe some additional one or two ideas that you want to share with the audience about up-leveling their game that maybe you haven't said just yet? It's always important to be thinking ahead. A lot of my clients get caught in this little trap of having a really important speaking gig or an event that's coming up. Maybe it's an opportunity that came up literally like next week. You know, we want you to fly out of town to go present XYZ. And when you don't have the proper things in your wardrobe ahead of time, now it becomes an emergency. So now you're running off to the store, you're kind of haphazardly looking, and you might end up spending a lot more money on something that maybe is not exactly suited for you. Maybe you need to have it altered and you didn't have time. So now it's not looking 100%. Or maybe you, you'd go through that whole process and you buy something and you pay a pretty penny and then it ends up hanging in your closet for a long time because you really didn't think it through. So I always encourage, you know, making a strategic plan and thinking like one quarter ahead, like what are some things that I have coming up or what could I foresee are some opportunities that would arise. And if you are stepping into a new position or a new level, you might not know. And especially during these times, we're not sure exactly how things are going to play out. This is a great time to really be thinking about what are those core pieces that I need to have in my wardrobe so that it's easy for me to pack for a business trip and just literally at the drop of the dime, if I have this opportunity, I don't have to sweat that small stuff. And I can really be thinking about, you know, my speech or the audience or what I'm going to, my presentation and really show up as your best because there's nothing worse than going into a meeting or a deal or whatever that might be and just not feeling a little off that your outfit's not right or or whatever. Maybe it's not just your outfit, but you're not prepared with your speech or those little things. Those are two great tips. One is to just think ahead and start procuring what you need before you really need it. And then having some core pieces 
support wardrobe elements already in place so that you can pack and assemble effectively. I don't know about you, but I'm very good at sort of seeing something out there. Oh, that's really great. I might not have a purpose for it just yet. I know it's my colors. I know that it works for me and I'll get that. And maybe six months later, I'll find the perfect shoes that matches it as if it was meant to go together when in fact they were bought totally different times, totally different places. But that's when you're just keeping your eye out all the time for what might be appropriate and what might be the next best thing to add to your wardrobe. So I love that. Thank you for sharing those two tips with the audience today. Now, Marcella, I know that you are a best-selling author. Tell us a little bit about what you've written, what value people can get from it, and where they can find it. Tell us about that. Well, it's interesting. I had an invitation to really share my story. And the title of the book is called uh, Conversations That Make a Difference. The key points that I share in this, it's an Amazon bestseller, which yay, that was great, but it's a comment of culmination book with other top selling authors as well. And in the chapter, I talk about the power of understanding the magnitude of your platform. And the point being is that you never know when you're going to meet someone that could either impact you personally or that could have the connection to the right person in a circle, or that you could even be a power of influence for someone. Always know that you are your brand and that showing up as the best version of yourself at all times in all areas will really help you to propel your business forward. So I really cover, I cover that. I share a little bit about my story and that was 28 years ago when I first moved to the South Florida area. This is way before social media and computers, but I knew three people um, when I was starting my image consulting business. And that was my boyfriend, now husband, his mom, and one executive connection from Atlanta where I came from. And I got myself out there and I started speaking um, to organizations and one thing led to another and that landed me an awesome opportunity at Florida Power and Light and their C-suite to do dress for success seminars around the, you know, power of image and dress and casual Friday, all those wonderful things that were John Malloy, you know. So anyway, I, I talk about the journey and the impact of having those conversations, always being ready and in even then, I did not have a lot of money at all. I was just starting, but I found a way to get over to Palm Beach and go to the consignment stores and find clothes that helped me to convey an image uh, because besides that's what I was doing. But, you know, as a leader, we have to really show up. And so I figured it out. So that helped me to, if you will, fake it till you make it or whatever you want to say, um, but really show up as my best version. So it's a little bit more about my story and just the impact that you can have as a leader and what that looks like. So what I love about what you said is that it's you're recognizing the magnitude of your platform. That's one piece of it. And recognizing that you're representing your brand at all times. And so you want to be brand ready is another part of it. And that it doesn't take necessarily a lot of money to show up in the way that you need to. There are creative ways to actually make this happen. And if you think about those people who are 
may be moving into the executive ranks, this gives them some ideas about how they might be able to start, even when the budget may not be quite there yet. So thank you. I love what you shared there. And that book can be found on Amazon. And the name of it again? Conversations That Make a Difference. Great. And if people want to reach you directly, tell them where they can get in touch with you, learn more about you, see the services that you provide, and possibly choose to work with you. So where would they go? Sure. Well, I'm sure most of you all are on LinkedIn, so you can certainly find me with my name, Marcella Share. I'm assuming that you'll put the link in there so I don't have to spell it. But you can also find me on my website with MarcellaShare.com. And you can shoot me an email. Feel free to reach out if you have some questions, if there's something that resonated with you. I'm happy to do anything to help you. Marcella at MarcellaShare.com. Fantastic. And thank you so much for what you've shared so far. So my final question for you, Marcella, is this. You know that my audience is mostly executive business leaders. And so you've covered a lot of things, given a lot of value and specific points about executive presence and image. What additional wisdom and counsel do you want to leave for my audience of executive business leaders? Oh, goodness. There are so many things that we could cover. I really believe that pay attention to the details Never walk alone, bring someone with you that you can groom on your team to higher level for sure. And find someone that really inspires you and their leadership. For me, it was John Maxwell. There's so many amazing leaders out there. Brene Brown, she's one of my favorites as well. And model some of the key things that you find that resonates with you and that will help you to grow because it really is all about personal development and growth. And that's how we become better leaders. I think back 20, 30 years ago, had I not gone through all the challenges of building teams and developing other people that I never would be the leader that I am today had it not been for that. So that's what I encourage you to do. Thank you so much, Marcella. I really appreciate everything that you have shared with the audience today. Thank you so much for being my guest and for being here on The Voice of Leadership. Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful. Thank you. You are welcome. And to my audience out there, I just want to summarize a little bit about what Marcella said at the end. You have it. She says, pay attention to the details. Those are important. Don't just think about yourself, but think about who else you can groom and bring along the journey. And then thirdly, look for the exemplars out there, people who are doing it in a way that resonates with you. And therefore, you might get some ideas from them and some modeling from them. So thank you for joining us today on The Voice of Leadership. And I hope that your executive image and presence is elevated. Thanks for being here and see you next time. You are the instrument of your leadership. And so I invite you to read a complimentary chapter of my book, Lead Yourself First, The Senior Leader's Guide to Engaging Your People for Greater Performance and Impact. And here's what you'll get from reading the book you'll get some perspectives on how to leverage your unique gifts and superpowers, also how to mine the gold 
of your past experiences overcoming challenges. And thirdly, you'll be able to identify the continual learning that will catapult you to your next victory. So to read that complimentary chapter, go to my website, www.transleadership.com, scroll down the homepage and click on the button that says, read a chapter. And I look forward to meeting you inside the book. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources. Thank you.